0: Hello there, welcome to Right Act, the alternative music podcast. I'm Stephen Hill, he's Renfrey Deadman. Hello. I did a little click for you there, didn't you? Did That you was know? very good, I yeah, like that click. Yeah. Um, welcome to Rioter's Review. You, uh, hopefully at this point, will know what this show entails. Um, but for those of you who don't, uh, you presumably have not gone on our Patreon page. We have a Patreon page over at this podcast called patreon.com forward slash podcast. And oh you're
1: that being the URL, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. A, what, that its a name. No, I liked it, it was good. Yeah.
0: Um, and um, over there, very, very kindly people, uh, give us whatever they can spare per month. Minimum and, one pound. Yeah, minimum of
1: one <laughs> pound. That's not us, that's a patron, that's a patron thing.
0: Yeah, right. and uh, we um, we let them suggest records for us to chat about that they'd like to hear our opinions on, and that's what we're doing right now. That's right. Now, if you're hearing this, when it comes out on Patreon, thanks very much. And particularly, thank you. thank you very much to Alexander Parkinson, who suggested Ocean Machine by Devin Townsend. Yes, please. Which is what we're going to talk about right now. But if you're listening to this in the distant, distant future... June, July... nine <laughs> Um, long time. You maybe would want to think about sticking a quid in the old Patreon yeah, page so you can stick get these early. Yeah. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. That's just... There'll be other exciting things up by they now, will. hopefully. Yeah. Although this is the past, and I don't want to say that those things are up, but they probably are up by now. I mean, do you know cryptic. what? Cryptic. <laughs> Pretty cryptic.
0: And they probably are. Yeah. <laughs>
1: but hope, if all's gone <laughs> to plan, those are up now as well. And yeah. those are really exciting. Those
0: are really, really exciting. But enough about the future, stroke past. <laughs> let's talk about the present (laughs) stroke future stroke past well we're talking about the past really really. (laughs) Ocean Machine by Devin Townsend Um, the second studio album as Devin Townsend as Devin Townsend (laughs)
1: Uh, we've had all this already sure
0: We've, we've just like just for a bit of just to be very crystal clear on this, me and Renfrew have just finished talking about Devin Townsend's Mm -hmm. new album, Empath, if you're Mm -hmm. listening to this, fuck me, all the time differences are all over the gaff, aren't they? I know, it's crazy. Empath is about to come out and we've just reviewed it and stopped recording and that's gone up and then we've recorded this now. So we're doing a sort of double Devin Townsend, but you aren't to know that and you shouldn't have had to know that But I've only brought it up because we were talking about Devin Townsend's vast discography and we got a bit kind of twisted and tongue tied as to like, what is the first Devin Townsend? Is Devin Townsend project this? And you just don't know, do you?
1: Well, it's even more confusing because Devin Townsend's first, I'm putting those in air quotes, yeah. uh, solo album was Punky Brewster, Cooked on Phonics, yeah. which was originally released. I think it was un- released under the name Punky Brewster.
0: I think so. Yeah. I think
1: Cooked on Phonics is the name of the record. it's a that is just an album that's kind of taking the piss out of Green Day Green Day and pop punk and stuff that's coming out I mean an oddity in the uh, in in the catalogue I would say yeah Um, and also I think initially like I remember this record coming out Ocean
0: Machine and it was billed as as the band were called Ocean Machine. Initially. Yes, it was. So it was wasn't initially, even really Devin Townsend. It
1: was initially, but it was yes, it was initially. The album was called Biomech, I believe, yes. and then the band was Ocean Machine. Reason being that at the time Devin was well, this record came out. Was it five months before or five months, five months after City by yeah. Strapping Young Lad came Which out? Is a, just is a good record. A phenomenal record, probably the Always album.
0: Got one up me, haven't you? I said good, you said phenomenal. Unbelievable. It's a phenomenal record. Well, it is a phenomenal Come record. Come on. Yeah.
1: Um, probably the album that people point to the most is the classic Strapping Young Lad record. It's Definitely. Not, it's not my favourite, personally. No, it not? What no. Is? Uh, my favourite's The New Black, which is the least Strapping Young the Lad new- Black. Yeah, yeah, it's the least strapping young lad sounding record. But you say that with surprise, sir. I am surprised, but yeah. But Devon Townsend's favourite strapping young lad records the new black as well, and I was very happy when I found that out. Right. So, um Sucking up uh, today, uh, isn't it? <laughs> Oh, what did you say, sir? I think that I, I think the new black is fucking brilliant. Yeah, it's
0: great. Oh god, it's great. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um Cities uh, Cities.
1: Oh, Cities and Alien is I mean I Alien's maybe great. Aliens my favourite alien is very good very very good um but yes i think he was a he you know strapping young lad were releasing um extreme industrial metal yes just
0: uh, they're a funny band to sort of try and put into a a genre or a a sub-genre because they're so heavy like they're uh, they made Fear Factory sound like John, you know, because at the time you think you know when when City came out in 1996,
1: 97, right, same seven.
0: same year, same as year. This. So, okay, so when Heavy is a really heavy thing came out in yep. 1996, 95, like, 95, 95, yeah. Okay. Um Okay, that was like,
1: eh,
0: you know what the like because the manufacturers out at that point and everyone was talking about Fear Factory like this is the fucking heaviest thing that's ever bloody happened ever. Yeah, and strapping young lad
1: basically took that
0: and went no it isn't yeah pretty much you could do it, you could do it like this <laughs> yeah.
1: and 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 that first strapping young lad album sounds really not very heavy in comparison to what they did no, later on no no no
0: no i mean especially when city came along it was just an yeah. absolute head yeah. fuck of a record a complete and utter head fuck. and um but then yeah industrial a bit yeah like thrash a bit yeah death metal a bit yeah hmm. um that kind of gro- groove-based grinding stuff. Yes, mm-hmm, all of the mm-hmm, above. Mm-hmm. Um, just w- unbelievably heavy. Yep. Willfully, antagonistically, yep. frighteningly heavy. Yep. yep. Almost funny. Like I remember listening to Strapping Young Lad. You know when you used to listen to bands when you didn't really know what, like everything about heavy music, and you'd go, you'd laugh. Mm-hmm. When the first time I heard Captain Infinity, I just laughed. Because I yep. was like, this is... This is stupid how heavy this is. Strapping
1: Young Lads still do that to me. Even 20 years... Well, City is 22 years old. And I still listen to portions of Strapping Young Lads Mm. and just laugh because I cannot take in the sheer uh, lunacy of it, the sheer (laughs) craziness of it. It Um, is crazy. A track like... Oh my fucking God yeah. on City or um uh, You Suck on mm. the New Black. Um, you just listen to those songs and it's just like fucking hell this is this is insanity. Yeah. And I think um yeah, I th- I, I think Ocean Machine is very, very far away from that. And Devin was afraid to release it under his own name for fear of I don't know, ridicule from the metal community, I guess. I think if you put I, I would love people to um to listen to Life from this album and then put it I next brilliant, brilliant, brilliant song, and then put it next to Oh My Fucking God yeah. from City and marvel at the fact that not only were those two songs written by the same person, but they were written and released by the same person in the same year within five months of each other. Mental. <laughs> Fucking mad. So it came
0: out on the 21st of July, 1997 Ocean Machine. Yeah. Um, uh, Renfrey. Hello. What, when was your first... Okay, so I remember this coming out. Do you remember this coming out? No,
1: I wasn't okay. a fan of the song.
0: So um, I remember this coming out. Uh, When was the first time you you kind of got into Devon Townsend then?
1: Would have been around Devon Townsend Project forming, so 2008, 2008. 2007, quite late, yeah, Yeah, quite late.
0: So I had heard heavy as a very heavy thing, my Mm. a young lad, Mm. and I thought it was funny, because like I said, it was Mm. really, really heavy, I was a little bit scared of it, Um, (laughs) and then City came out, and it got absolutely rave reviews, Mm -hmm. but despite that no one in the UK really seemed to care about Strapping Young Lad. And I know there'll be a lot that has been revisioned and rewritten about, oh, well, Strapping Young Lad was so influential, and they were this and they were that, and I the UK didn't care for... You know, we were... This is a period, 1997, where there was a lot of young, hot, upcoming metal bands coming out at that time. All the time, there'd be somebody else. I mean, you think... I've mentioned Fear Factory. You had Korn were, obviously, in Mm -hmm. large and in charge. Marilyn Manson. Coal Chamber were just becoming a really, really big thing. Entombed were on the back of... To Ride, Shoot, Straight and Speak the Truth. Um, There was, you know, that whole kind of snot... Mm-hmm. And Limp Biscuits' first album mm-hmm. came out. People started going yeah. on about Incubus. And it was, you know, heavy, heavy, heavy music was... And being, Yeah, and Incubus. It was, <laughs> was, 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 was being kind of edged aside slightly oh, right, right, for, right. you know, the the more new metal-y stuff. Yes, yes. And if you were a heavy, heavy band, like I said, you were Fear Factory or Machine Head or yeah. Sepultura. Yes. Uh, and those were the bands who kind of... Or Entombed, you know, those were the bands that were kind of slipping through the net. There was... A lot of underground bands who were getting good reviews. Strapping Young Lad, I would put in the same bracket as Floodgate, uh, Pissed On, um, and Skin Lab, um, Pissing Razors, the first Haunted album. All of those records got really, really good reviews. Mm -hmm. Uh, But nobody, you know, if those bands came over, they would play the underworld at best. At best. Interesting. Maybe even the Barfly, a lot of them. Strapping Young Lad were not a big deal. Hmm. And anyone that kind of turns around and says, oh, you know, like we just embraced Strapping Young Lad and that was the way it was. They were never in Kerrang! They had a bit... Metal Hammer, to be fair to Metal Hammer, Metal Hammer did get behind Strapping Young Lad and gave... I think City got either 9 or 10 out of 10 Mm -hmm. in Hammer Mm -hmm. or 5 or whatever they were doing then. Um, But then Ocean Machine came along and it was built... I remember there being a feature with Devin in Metal Hammer where he said... You know, I've done this really, really heavy record. Uh, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm going to do this. I've had these songs for ages. You well, know, of course,
1: Strapping Young Lads split up for a little while, didn't they? Yeah, they um, did. They yeah. actually split between, I mean, it was a very short amount of time because City was released in 97 and then the self-titled records came out 2003 off the top yeah. of my head. Yeah, yeah. And they had actually split up for they a split, short I while. They split, I think it was... A, if memory
0: serves, and you're gonna to have to, like, I haven't looked this up, so you, this is completely going off the back of my own memory. If memory serves, they were gonna do a tour with the Wild Hearts, they were Strappy and right. Rad were gonna support the Wild Hearts on the Wild when the Wild Hearts had Endless Nameless out. So, Endless Nameless is an album which I think we're gonna be doing at some point on Rioters yep, Review, so I don't want to talk are. about it too much. But basically, both of those bands kind of split up at the same time and the whole tour got cancelled. Oh, um, yeah. That and, makes sense. Devin and, <laughs> yeah. and
1: Ginger are good friends and stuff, aren't they? Yeah, um, they are. Can you it? imagine strapping... Strapping
0: a lad in the wild
1: hearts. especially on that record, Endless Nameless. At Brixton Academy. No. Yeah. Fucking
0: hell. Yeah. Wow. Okay, cool. But, you know, um, that was the, yeah, that, the 90s. And <laughs> um, and so all I remember being is like, hearing the, the first record, hearing great reviews of the second record, but but actually, I will admit never being able to find city anywhere right like i couldn't it wasn't in hmb where i was looking like you couldn't find it so i'd heard a couple of the songs i think there was there was one on a metal hammer cd um and then we were told this album's coming out it's going to be a rock album it's going to be the stuff that i've written before strapping young lad Pff, i'm sick i've said all the heavy
1: stuff that i need to say so it wasn't uh the revisionist history um Gave me the impression that Devin was so sort of afraid to talk about ocean. Like he 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 was acknowledging that he'd done it and all that kind of thing. Okay, because I I I was sort of under the impression looking at the and you were there. So I and I I was twelve at this point and yeah. I thought Metallica were the heaviest thing I'd ever heard. So yeah. um so I was under the impression like it's it's under the press uh, not press notes the um the sleeve notes of the CD that I have. It's like. Devin's name doesn't appear anywhere or anything like that. And I, I, I thought it was almost secretly released and people didn't find out until years later. But then that, that might that might not be accurate. I
0: it doesn't I mean that might be true that his name's not on the the, mm. the, the thing and he might have gone, Oh, I don't really want people to know it's me or whatever. Okay. But like certainly I remember reading an interview in Metal Hammer with Devin of him going, I just didn't want to do heavy stuff anymore so I wanted and I've I've had these songs for a while this is the sort of thing that I've been writing really I don't I've I've done the heavy thing now I want to write this I just needed to get this out and me being this guy who was into at this point you know entombed and Wilhaven I went oh well fuck you then oh right (laughs) I was like well fuck you then mate you and I was like he sold out so no, not, I'm not going to listen to that. It's and probably, obviously, like those days, Your
1: punkiest and yes, your, your me and most, my most obnoxious. Um,
0: yeah. and, and the thing is, as well, is in those days, if you said something like that in an interview, it wouldn't be like, if someone said that now, I'd go, well, oh, really? I wonder what that sounds like. I'll put yeah. it on Spotify and, and yeah. hear what it sounds yeah, yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. Whereas then it was like, oh, really? Uh, you mean I've got to go and pay sixteen ninety nine to hear what to that sounds check that like. Out, yeah. Fuck that. No, yeah. I'm alright, I'm good, thanks. So I didn't bother with this record. I did not bother with this record for years and years and years and years and years. I just sat there and and I don't feel like I was alone in doing that.
1: Probably not.
0: I really don't feel Almost like I was alone in doing not. that. Yeah. Because as the kind of legend of Strap and Young Lad grew over time, you know, it was Certainly, I, I feel like in this country, it wasn't until Metalcore, the first wave of Metalcore that, that got popular, The Killswitch Engages and the Shadows Fall and Unearth and The Darkest Hour, and definitely Lamb of God, and mm. certainly a return to metal sounding and looking like metal, like trying to be heavy. Kim, you know, like when um, Chimera and all those bands sort of came along, it felt like oh remember strapping young lad and they were kind of there and it wasn't like the super underground thing that's when people started going oh strapping young lad are great
1: yeah well devon townsend uh produced a lot of those records so of yeah, course of he course. produced as the palace is burned by lana mm. god and he produced records by bleeding through and misery signals and yep. guan darkest hour and all that kind yep, of thing so yeah. yeah
0: um and then that's when i feel like the kind of the cult of devon townsend started to to grow and started to become a thing certainly in this, it's con- probably certainly in this country
1: probably around that time was probably when i first even became aware of who devon townsend was yeah. i would have thought and then there was a period of several years when i was like uh i don't even know where to start yes and then and then then because De- devon townsend project was a new thing i was like okay well this seems like a good place to start so that's that's yeah
0: yeah and so it was odd to me that come 2017, people wanted this album played in full at Hammersmith Apollo. Oh right! When I was like, oh, of all the records, because oh right! I I kind of it it snuck up on me the sort of the cult and the the cult following this album has. Right, has it really snuck up on me.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, uh, people adore. Yeah, they do this album. They do. Um, I think of the. Um, devon townsend's solo records solo once again put in quotation marks it's probably the most well-loved which is crazy to think that in 1997 he released the most well-loved strapping young lad album and he released the most well-loved solo album as well i'm not including devon townsend project in that Mm -hmm. um once again just like city it's not actually my favorite devon townsend solo record but i do acknowledge it's fucking brilliant
0: yeah um so it's great it is great. This record. All yeah. I'm saying, all of that that I was saying, basically, is just a build up to go in. I should have got this when it came out. Didn't I? <laughs> Definitely, <laughs> we Definitely. all should have done. Definitely, we all should have got this when it came out. But I really feel like, um, that we didn't. I mean, again, mm. it got good reviews in Hammer. It got a really good review. I'm, I'm trying to think. Like, I'm, I'm actually, I've gone on the. I don't actually know what it got in Metal Hammer. Um, but I remember it getting like a fair bit of pressing about Hammond it feeling like I mean again I think he played like maybe played the LA2 when he came over and toured it. Okay. Like it wasn't a big How really big was really the LA2? Big. The LA2's like 600 people. Okay. 700 maybe 700 people. It's not big it's like half the size so the Astoria was 1,200 and it was about half the size of that. Okay. if the, Maybe even a bit less. So it was not Even
1: even um, I mean Hammersmith Apollo I feel was kind of too big for that show. I don't like I don't think it was it sold out or no, anything like that. that. Um but yeah, we'll we'll get on to that, I'm sure. Yeah.
0: So, you know, um it's cool to see a records get a kind of a cult following years and years after its release, particularly one by an artist who is so interesting, mm. particularly by an artist who has done so much stuff over his career. And like I say, it's very difficult to know where and when to kind of like, you know, for me, this was not, uh, as someone who really, really liked Strapping Young Lad and very much likes a lot of Devin Townsend project stuff as well, although not all of it, admittedly. Um, it's funny that people had such have, have, have kind of grown to have such a, an affinity with this record, even though I feel like maybe maybe it's just me. I don't know. People can tweet me and go, no, 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 I was there and we were at the shows and we all thought it was amazing. But it's it, it feels like one of those... It feels like a great thing where an album that is brilliant, and this record is really, really, really good, great, um, years and years and le- years later has grown to become something far bigger than it initially was. And I think that's really cool.
1: I think records that you discover um yourself are always kind of more uh important to you if that makes sense um if you kind of come across something um accidentally or whatever it somehow creates a bond with you that's very 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 difficult to break and i see that in so many people so many of our peers and contemporaries when you, whenever you talk about Ocean Machine, just the way they talk about it, and mm. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I, I guess that's just the power of how good these songs are, really, yeah. and how, um, how well that they've been put across. I, I mean, it. I, I don't. I, I, it definitely does. Yeah, it feels like an album that you discover, and yeah. and and. and um you kind of discover it and go what what on earth is this this is incredible you know i feel that way it, about a lot of depth a lot of stuff do you so. think
0: it's aged at all do you think it sounds of an of the time because one of the things about devon townsend is that i feel like you can listen to strapping young lad now and i feel like it's kind of feels timeless because it's yeah so, it, the intensity and the brutality and the kind of precision of it is so re- it's such a there's such a relentless sound that you think well okay that's always going to sound heavy yeah um the production on this, particularly, you know, obviously, as I said at the start, we did this back to back with Empath, and I think when you listen to Empath and you listen to this, I mean, this almost sounds like a, almost sounds like a sort of hardcore punk record from the eighties in comparison to, <laughs> <laughs> in comparison to
1: Empath. Um, I think it's, I think it's aged well considering. I would, I would i would welcome there, there there aren't many albums that i say this of actually because generally i think the idea of remixing and albums and re-releasing them is just a cash grab yeah i wouldn't mind a remix of ocean machine i have to say um, something about the
0: guitar tone
1: yeah yeah i, I wouldn't mind it being I, I it would be fucking cool for devon to revisit it with mm. all everything that he's learned about production now i yeah. don't know if that's ever anything i i would expect if he was ever going to do that he would have done it around the 20th anniversary yeah um but i don't think you listen to it and go well that's very 1997 no no um so i don't think it's aged badly but but yeah it could be punchier and it could be yeah
0: it's certainly um like to me it, it was just something that i've become aware of that like 90s production to some younger people who might be listening i mean i spoke to my friend matt Matt Bradbury who used to manage Palm Reader and we were talking about failure and I was saying how great Fantastic Planet was and he was like yeah but the production oh my Mm. god Mm. and you know obviously growing up listening to the grunge and alternative rock bands of the time that sound is so sort of firmly entrenched in me that I don't even notice it now. I notice it in, you know, I I remember I, ha- I had a chat with, um net, big name drop here, mate, big, big name drop, Cormac Battle from Curb Dog. I had a chat with him and he was like, I d- and he was saying, I don't feel like production has moved. He said, I, I feel like the reason why people still hold those sort of 90s rock bands to such high esteem is because I don't feel like, production values have moved on that much from the mid 90s whereas i th- but that was 5 years ago and i think they have mm. since then uh they have moved on quite a lot um or maybe the, the, the stuff the, that's getting the fashion particular. of them certainly has yeah. um
1: mm. i understand what he's saying but what the 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 tones that people i mean just the move from analog to digital and all that kind of thing mm. i think the kind of what people prefer has um, I mean, with that, we could talk about that. We could go on to a huge detour with that. But mm. yeah, yeah, I I think that's a more difficult... I, I don't think it's as black and white as that.
0: Possibly, yeah. yeah. But I mean, I've certainly noticed it recently. But, I get, but when I listen back to three colours red or whatever I, I was like, about to say three colours red <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, funny. yeah, yeah. Um, I love but it you, you but, do yeah. go like this does actually sound different and yeah, dated yeah, another, yeah. another time and, um, early feeder like early feeder mm. I tell you, Re- Republica oh I yeah I mean yeah, yeah. like when you, Republica not that I suggest anyone listens to Republica <laughs> but um, but my god does that sound dated now
1: but I think Ocean Machine compared to those records of course dated very well. It has. I um, mean because the
0: song I mean the songs are so good on it hmm. and they're not really songs that are indicative of what was popular. I mean again, this is the other thing. Because this sort of thing wasn't popular in nineteen ninety seven. Because not. this sort of thing was not being done. Because what was happening in rock and metal was, you know, kind of post grunge and the seeds of what became new metal, because that was what was going on this album of very dense technical euphoric rock music it it wasn't cool and it wasn't and it's not going to date because it didn't it doesn't sound like the 90s because this wasn't what people were doing in the 90s
1: again i agree with all of that although i think you've actually missed the three songs that sound the least of that era and it's almost like a suite of uh Bastard funeral and the death of music. So these three songs together yeah. are almost half an hour in length, mm-hmm. and um, that whole—I mean, everything with new metal is kind of like condensed three-minute, four-minute pop bangers, yeah, basically pop metal bangers with some scr- scratching. The death of music is twelve minutes and fifteen seconds, uh-huh. and it's so slow and so um i mean i don't even how do you describe it it's 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 like trent Reznor at his his most experimental Mm. it's really not that it's nine inch. i mean it's like it's like it creeps yeah it creeps along it's really first time i ever heard death of music i fucking hated it yeah i i I, I just i didn't i was just like i just don't get it i don't understand it and it do you know what it wasn't until seeing it at the royal albert hall Mm. that i properly got that song and the power of it It was actually only the second time he'd ever performed it live um but um seeing it at the royal in fact he did um all three of these songs live at the royal albert hall and seeing them all together and in sequence was just really very very powerful Mm. but like yeah, th- those three songs are so different to anything that was happening at the time. This was very much released as a, a as a labour of love. You know, it wasn't uh, believe it or not. City, you know, I think City was Devin's album, sort of not appealing to the masses because that's such a ridiculous thing to say about an album like City but you know if you do an album for them and you do an album for you i think ocean machine was very much for him yeah and and city was for for them for the metal fans yeah yeah for the metal fans yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah i think um, is that well we spoke about clutch before and we were saying how careful with this mic is going oh you think you can rap okay yeah well <laughs> i feel like yeah. city i know we're not we're talking about ocean machine rather than city but i feel like city is is him going oh this is meant to be Heavy, industri- yeah. heavy industrial music is well,
1: it's important to talk about City though I think yeah, just because as, as a juxtaposition just of, yeah of just because they came was. out so close together mm-hmm. and and released by the same person it's it's insane mm-hmm. you know it's really crazy to think that
0: I mean the only I mean again to go back to the kind of what we were talking about regarding the intention and and the the um the uh the production on it it's only when some of the guitars come in and they're their area than Uh, then Devin sounds now when he has the guitars you know his guitars sound so like there's this wonderful like the the kind of the bright precision Mm -hmm. that he has in his guitars Mm -hmm. then and now compared to this kind of quite fuzzy Mm -hmm. um guitar sound that he had then which is a bit 90s i don't think it's dated like i said i don't think it's dated like a 90s album but i think you know you can't escape how great the songs are but i wonder mm. if someone who came to Devin townsend through epic Loud or one of his or or listen to ziltoid and was like that's you know that's cool um and then got into you know the recent or, or her transcendence and was like mm-hmm. oh mm-hmm. i love mm-hmm. this guy mm-hmm. he's great or even was listening to strapping young lad in the mid 2000s you know the new black or the self-titled alien or, alien. or, or yeah. whatever and um I wonder if they would then have gone back to this and gone, it kind of sounds a bit...
1: um, It's harder for me to get on board with this because of the production. There's a really good way around that, though. Um, I very rarely recommend live albums because most of them are fucking shit. But uh, the... um, Devon performed this live in, I want to say, Bulgaria... Um in Europe. Yeah. With uh it is in, in
0: Plovdiv.
1: Hooray. Uh in Bulgaria with a with an orchestra and uh choir and stuff and um choir and stuff. <laughs> Music journalist me. <laughs> um and like a trumpet and things. <laughs> <laughs> and um I don't know if you've heard that version. I haven't. It's fucking great. Mm. It's well, was gonna say really, really good.
0: When we saw them at the we both saw them at the Apollo doing this and mm. I was struck by how different the song sounded. Right. Interesting. That was that's the thing that, that got in my that, that that got in my head because I was like, Oh, he's gonna do this album and I remember thinking, you know, like, oh that would sound good lot, like, you know, I look forward to hearing a lot of these songs live. Yeah. And then I was like, these sounds so much bigger. Yeah. And I thought, is it the is it the product? Is it him live? Is, you know, is it just that they're playing live and sometimes you beef stuff up live? And you do. But actually...
1: I think it is. I mean, bearing in mind at this point, Devin's production credits were relatively limited. Mm. I mean, he hadn't produced all that much at this point. And it's just him becoming a better producer, primarily. Um, it's partly that the technology's moved on, but but in the main, it's just he hadn't produced all that much at that point. Not that I mean it's a better i I I I don't know, this is maybe the like fifth or sixth thing he turned his hand to producing. I'm yeah. taking that out of the air, so don't tweet me. <laughs> um but um you know, I, it's better than it would be better than my fifth or sixth attempt, but but yeah, he's just become much much better at it he's become an incredible producer over the years and at this point he was merely good yeah so you know but the songs as a songwriter he was fucking fantastic yeah he's always been just yeah and always has been yeah Yeah,
0: and it's uh, you know i I think this is probably the first time where we get to hear to me this is the first time you hear the this is the first time you hear the devon townsend that you hear now like it's funny this path and this because on strapping young lad just total and utter wanton yeah. destruction um steve Vai, you know like steve Vai and the the kind of pop punk thing is a bit of a piss take so this really yeah. is kind of the first Devin this townsend is year album. one yeah solo devon townsend definitely. Yeah, definitely definitely um so it's very interesting to listen to the album from 2019 and listen to the album from yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, from 1997 and also what's interesting about it to go back to chatting about the commercial like the actual the intentions behind it and and how I felt about it, this didn't get a... He had to... You know, the Heavy Devi label was founded to put this record out yeah. because he couldn't find anyone to, yeah. to, to put it out. Because, as I said, at the time, if you were in a heavy band... I mean, I imagine if the geezer from Stapper Young Lad comes up to you and said, oh, I've made a slightly more commercially viable record, I think labels would probably have gone, oh, fucking great. Because that's... <laughs> the, thank fuck for that. Because that Strapping Young Lad, like, he can write some fucking songs, but Jesus Christ... <laughs> We, you know, when when yeah. Coal Chamber and and Spine Shank and all these bands are the, are the cool thing. When you look at the sort of bands that were playing the Ozfest and stuff at the time, yeah, you know, we could really do with something that's you know not just total and utter destruction. So the idea of getting a Devin Townsend album and going like, you know, it's the sort of thing that I, it, it's me, hmm. but it's much more commercially palatable. And then getting this and going, well, no, that's not what we want either. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. There are there are moments on it. I mean, life we've already talked yeah. about. A massive, massive, massive Huge tune. Song. Night. Mm. Um, you could even say most of the first half of this record. It goes into I think it um despite loving this record, and I really, really do, I do feel it dips a bit in the middle. I feel it's got a yeah, saggy middle um from kind of around sister. Onwards for a couple of tracks, but then it really picks up again um, for those for that, for that trio of songs, mm. as I was talking about, and then the last thing, Things Beyond Things, I think it's called. Um, but the, the bookends of this album are some of the best material Devin's ever written, I think. They're just yeah. fantastic, fantastic songs. Um, we should, we've already alluded to it slightly, we should talk about the Sam Smith show yeah. because um, we. It sounds like we have slightly different opinions on it and people always like it when we when we disagree. Uh-huh. So you loved the Hammersmith Apollo show? No, I didn't actually. Oh, okay. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. no, I thought Leprous were
0: great and I thought Tesseract were fucking brilliant. I actually thought exactly what you just said right. happened live. Yes. I thought that it sounded amazing. Yes. It sounded fucking amazing, but I'm not a fan of albums played in full shows anyway. No,
1: neither am I. Uh, the Encore was amazing. The encore was absolutely encore incredible.
0: where, yeah. And, you know, it was great to hear a lot of those songs that you don't normally hear in a Devin Townsend project yep. set. But, yep. yes, album sets are... It was purely to do with how much better the songs sonically sounded yep. in comparison to how they sound on record. But the show was good. I thought it started great. And then, like you say, sagged a bit in the middle. And yeah. then, you yeah. know... and those songs when you say like you get that half an hour block near the end and some of it is very very minimalist when your legs are aching and you stood up and you've sort of it's friday night and you've got a barrier that's why
1: that's part of the reason it was amazing at the royal albert hall because i was sat down Mm, (laughs) i hate to sound like a
0: fucking old man but you know here we are uh we all the death of the the death of music
1: i don't think i don't think anyone would prefer the death of music standing up to sitting down you'd have to be mad do you know what i mean it's just it's just not the right yeah it didn't quite work no whereas it at, at royal outer hall it was incredible right but at hammersmith yeah not quite it that was a really tricky gig for me i reviewed that for the independent and um i adore devon townsend i think he's absolutely amazing i think he's a you know even even when he does things that i don't like as much i always admission uh, admire the ambition behind it and and i just think he always pulls it off very very well i think he pulls off what he wants to do incredibly well Mm. and i had to give him um i could i just couldn't bring myself to give him more than three out of five for for that show um which was really horrible um but it's so much of the text was me explaining devon townsend is fucking amazing by the way but and it's a lot of it was to do with album that the album's played in full i so rarely like it
0: well the thing is is i don't know how much of this i should say but i know people from around booking that tour it was booked as a devon townsend project show I'm
1: glad you said this because I I was going to allude to this as well it was booked
0: as a Devin Townsend project show and I'm not sure that at that point with him coming over with such regularity uh and doing so many you know like you mentioned the Retina Circus yeah yeah without doing a full tour as well it's a full UK tour yeah it's part of a full UK tour Hammersmith Apollo is big yeah I'm not sure ticket sales were quite what they would have wanted Uh, go something was thrown together i think in the day to try and shift more tickets and that was picking an album that people really really wanted and i'm not sure he wanted to do the record as much
1: well that's that is almost accurate um there they had already planned to do ocean Ocean machine stuff because it was the 20th anniversary and the bulgaria show for example that i alluded to earlier which um, which I do recommend you check out, especially if you do have an aversion to 90s uh, sounding stuff because that version is fucking incredible. Um, so they'd already planned to do that. I think ticket sales absolutely were low and basically there was a call from management to maybe bill this as an ocean machine in full show to Mm. shift more tickets. I don't think it's Devin didn't want to do it in full. I think he felt like at that point in time, they weren't ready. Right. And I've seen Devin Townsend live a fair bit. Every single time I've seen him, he seemed incredibly confident as if he knows what he's doing, as if he's like commanding. He's very commanding, amazing presence, incredible soaring operatic vocals, you know, watching actually particularly the middle bits of um ocean machine which are probably the bits which haven't been played all that yeah, much live before was w- probably the only time i've ever seen him live where it is looks like the fear of god is in him because he doesn't know what he's doing doesn't know what he's doing is way too harsh or over the top but he's having to think about what he's doing yeah yeah exactly it it, it looked like he was working really hard to be like right what the fuck's going on now you know and that was a really alien weird thing to see yeah um with devon townsend because it, it never he doesn't always feel like that you mm. know it never feels like that with devon really yeah so um yeah so not the best show no um he was also uh touring transcendence at the time which i think is a phenomenal record and it felt like the transcendence songs had been sort of he did two or three in the encore all of which were amazing Mm. but it felt like they had been somewhat shoved aside to put this ocean machine thing in and i I think it would have been i think i think you know yeah he should have done maybe roundhouse instead of hammersmith apollo and just done a normal show Mm, for him Forum, yeah. Because yeah. uh,
0: yeah. you see the posters, <laughs> weird posters, like half-page posters, and a quarter of the page was all of the dates with the Transcendence artwork, and then there's this one with the Ocean Machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. It was
1: all very confusing, mm. and yeah. Uh, anyway, it's still a
0: great record. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's a great record, and a good suggestion. So... um Thank you very much, Alexander Parkinson. Thanks for your suggestion. Thanks for your contribution. If you're listening to this on on the Patreon page, thank you for your contribution. Suggest an album. We've got a load of them. We've still got a whole bloody load of them. I think we're going to be doing uh, The Misfits soon with with Mr. Matt Stocks. That's coming up. Uh, There's a whole bunch of them. I go through it every time like randomly like I was about to do now it's getting a bit old really because I say the same thing every <laughs> right. fucking time so I'm going to stop doing it basically we've got a load of great ones coming up and if you ones. want to uh, yeah. pick any more then feel free to do that uh, we'll be back next week or next month depending on how much money you give us and uh, <laughs> and good we'll uh, we'll see you shortly it's going to be a little while before we talk about Devon Townsend again In that right
1: sadly sadly yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: but you know we can't just wang on about devon townsend all the time renfrey jesus
1: can we just turn it turn it into a devon townsend podcast it'd be so much fun it would
0: be good do it on your own time come on
1: bye